Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Argue about it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Salicata back on the fan. I was just talking to Fleegs about this off the year. Fleegs, you seem to be in the camp of giving DeGrom whatever he wants, uh, which, look, I I mean, I understand that there are going to be Met fans that are in your boat, but I also think that you got to bring some sense of, you know, without the fandom there and look at what he's done or hasn't done the last couple years and then try to project that moving forward. So anyway, you want DeGrom back at whatever the cost may be? Well, like within reason. Like if it's money for short years, don't care. And if it's if it's the years, the money's not the same because I also like I don't think another team is going to offer him five years at 40 plus million okay. pounds. So but if you're you telling so, me it's so go to that years. fourth year and giving him the money, yes, I absolutely give it to him because he's worth every penny. So four times, let's say 43, 172, so you'd go to 175, maybe your max? Sure. And you have no issues about him, not worrying about him taking the mound every fifth day? No, not one, and I'll tell you why. It's simple. First of all, there's this weird narrative out there that Jacob deGrom is injury prone. He's not. From 2017 to 2020, he made the six most starts in baseball, and he had more innings thrown than anybody else. And that was when he missed those starts. There were five guys mm-hmm. in front of him. He started 107 games. The max was Garrett Cole with 110. So he wasn't missing a bunch of starts. For four years, he missed a small handful of starts. 2021, there was some issue, and we knew for the entire year something was going on. It turned out, in the end, we found out, Jacob deGrom was really hurt. There was actually an injury. Nobody could figure out what it was. The Mets, the independent doctors, it took them a while to figure out what the problem was. Here's where my confidence in DeGrom came back. When Jacob DeGrom came back at, in this year, yes, he missed the first half plus of the season. Mm-hmm. How many starts did Jacob DeGrom miss? 
Yeah, but still, he only had 11. So, I mean, I'd hope that he went out there and, and pitched. Uh, and how many innings, by the way, did he pitch in the, in these starts? Five, six innings? Listen, it's not like they're going to the whip. He pitched of 11. Course, they, they, didn't let him, they didn't let him go. And now, he showed you at, at definitely at times that the effectiveness was wearing off after right. five, six innings. So, you're, now I'm with you before this year. And I don't know if we discussed that on the shows, but we were doing the shows and I remember thinking this narrative, exactly what you're saying, this narrative about him always being hurt is nonsense. He missed one half And that's of part the of season. where my frustration comes up, because there's Met fans especially that say the guy's never healthy. No, no, no. Well, that's not for, true. For a four-year span, the guy was always healthy. He got hurt in 2016, remember. He was not there at the end of 2016 when the Mets are making their push for the playoffs in the wild card game. He was out. He was hurt. He had surgery. But From that's 2017 yeah. on through 2020. Jacob DeGrom was healthy. He had a couple times where maybe there was a scare, but he missed a start, and he came back, and everything was good to go. Right, so and it was 20, only one right, year. 2020. One, yeah, and I'm even extending. 2022 was the extension of nobody, nobody being able to figure out exactly what was wrong in 2021. See, if they were able to nail that earlier in the season, Jacob DeGrom is back earlier in 2022. See, that's where we disagree is that I gave him the benefit of the doubt and said, and I was, I mean, literally texting with Sandy Alderson saying, what is DeGrom's deal? They said they expected him to be fully healthy. Everything was healthy. And then boom, right before the season, he goes down to injury and they lose him for half the year. That's where I was like, okay, well now something is clearly wrong with him. And I don't, by the way, I don't even know how injured necessarily he has been over the last two years as far as missing these starts. There is some thought uh, where maybe he's not pushing through whatever the issue may be. And the legitimate injury or whatever that he has, that's fine. I mean, you can't pitch, you can't pitch. But there is also some thought that maybe he's not pitching through some of the pain or he's got to be 100% perfect to pitch. But I was with you before the start of this year saying the injury stuff is overblown. It's been one half of a season. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Then he missed half this year. I can't say that anymore moving forward that I have confidence that he's going to take the mound every fifth day. If you have that confidence, then I can understand why you'd give him the four years. Yeah, I have that confidence because he came back this year and he was that guy. And I want to see what he's like now with a full offseason, full spring training, full season of building up that arm. Like, I, Listen, he's not going to be back to what he was in 2018, 2019. But can he be the 2020 and most of what he showed you this year, that guy, that top five, top ten starting pitcher in this league and reliable like that for three or four years of that contract? Yes, I absolutely think he can be. I'm giving him a pay. I Listen, you know, I know you respect Sandy Alderson. I have no respect for Sandy Alderson at all. all him, right, but even forget Alderson, staff, that's fine. Maybe yeah. they, someone on that staff, they got this wrong. It was holdovers. There were still people. You know, I always go back to one injury that will always shape how I view anything that came out of the Mets for so long with Carlos Beltran and how how badly they messed that up. He ends up going out, getting the surgery on his own. He was right. Team was wrong. And he plays another seven years at a high level. A lot of those guys, there's still holdover from the previous Mets regime when Steve Cohen took over that first year in 2021. Clearly, what Jacob Degrom was saying at some point that year, something was wrong. I don't, de- you know, maybe Jacob Degrom. There's a little bit of truth to the. Mm-hmm. All right, when he feels something is wrong, he doesn't want to push it. But I don't buy the narrative or the the idea that he doesn't want to be out there and competing. I just don't buy that for a second. I saw the guy gut through what he went through in 2015 against the Dodgers 
in the postseason. But like, I know right, this guy since he got is a competitor. Hurt. But since he got hurt, and listen, there I were points like he... even last year where maybe you know what he could have skipped a start. When the division lead looked more comfortable, he could have skipped well, the start. Remember, he could there have was said, some they pushed him back a little bit. Remember? But that that also, I think, was them being there was so much uncertainty on their part. And listen, it's well, I mean, it's I a heard, tough decision I, to I, have to make. I heard that it was him, maybe not wanting. But to... But who are we hearing that from? That's well, no th- that those aren't players that give out those informations. Those are team sources and everybody on the team trying to cover their you know what's I I just I never in general buy that stuff mm-hmm. I will continue to not buy that to me it doesn't mean anything you I, to me you you see so much of what is true about a player by how the other players respond to him and yeah, these players you know, I even for you, the last few you, years I've heard they felt about how the other players respond to him as well and not it, publicly well, I mean, no, not publicly, but I've I've heard some things, and there are some there were not pu- reasons. All, why. all I hear publicly is guys coming to bat for the guy when they don't have to. Right? Yeah, but what are they going to say publicly? They're not going to bash him. They just say nothing. Give you the traditional no comment, whatever. Move on. Yeah, and then they could get the wrong way. I don't think that. I mean, there's there's a lot here with Degrom and the speculation and all this stuff. You want to look at it just face value, him performing on the mound. Uh, I think that there's it's hard to argue that you could do better. And I think you, you, you listen, there is a lot of speculation. You could say maybe where there's smoke, there's fire, but it's all speculation. What I have pointing out the actual numbers of how often this guy pitches, and obviously we know how effective he is because nobody else in the league over the last six years comes close to being him on the mound mm-hmm. when he's on the mound. I'm going by what I see, by what actually happened, not the speculation, not all the whispers, right, but not all the noise. What actually happened is he's missed a full half of the year in 2021, and he missed a full half of the year this year. That actually oh, did he happen. Absolutely did. You know what though? There's a lot of other guys that have missed time the last few years that they right. get paid. That's I'm not not paying the guy because there was one injury. If you're doing that, you have to cross a lot now, of guys off you, of any list. Will you be mad at him if he leaves, or are you gonna be mad at the Mets? Depends on the circumstances. Like, listen, if Jacob Degrom wants the money so bad that he's willing to go waste away the rest of his career with the Texas Rangers and never pitch another game that matters, then, all right, you know, goodbye, good riddance, you made your choice. I don't think that's Jacob DeGrom. Now, I do think there's a scenario where he would take more money to go to the Astros, so you think the DeGrom Braves, would come the here? Dodgers. You think he would stay here for less? No, 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 I'm saying oh. he would. he would take more money to go to a team that gives him a legitimate chance to win. Now, I don't think he would take a lot less to stay with the Mets or even go to one. Put it this way. If if the offers are close, say the Rangers, mm-hmm. one of those bad teams right. that's being rumored to be in the mix, just only barely beats the offer. I believe the same thing with Judge. If they just barely beat the offer right. of the Mets Judge or any other say. good team, they're, they're going to a good team. Those guys are not going to go sit on a team that's winning 70-something games every year. They're not risking it. So if you – because I, I get the feeling that he's going to take less money – I would be willing to bet DeGrom will take less money or equivalent to what the Mets are going to offer to go elsewhere. That's just the way see, that I get See, to me, the, the elsewhere matter. If it's the Braves, maybe. If it's, again, yeah, I, but why? I, can't, why? I can't see him going. I can't see Jacob DeGrom going to a team where he's never going to play, play in another game that matters. Like Texas, you're saying? Right. If it's the most money, maybe. I don't know what he wants. I mean, that's the thing. Nobody does right now. Well, so listen, and I, I don't fault the guy for that. This has been a guy who's been, you know, he came up in the era of the Harveys and the Cinderguards, and all each of those guys, especially Harvey, was the Mets fan favorite for so long, for so many years. Jacob DeGrom, despite being by far the best of the three, was never the guy celebrated out of that group. Oh, just but because until the guy, he became the best, he was also never the best pitcher of the bunch until he was in 2018. 
He was not as good as Syndergaard in 2016. He was not as good as Harvey in 2015. So he wasn't the best guy. 2017, I think they were all well, hurt, He was the right? best in 2014, and right off the bat, he even so, when Harvey wasn't pitching and DeGrom was the best pitcher and won Rookie of the Year, all the attention was still on, well, Harvey's After coming that, back, yeah. and Syndergaard's coming up, and Wheeler's coming back. Right. So right from the jump, DeGrom was behind those guys. Because, listen, he doesn't have that personality. I'm not going to punish the guy because he has a personality that doesn't fit the traditional superstar of New York City and what we expect in a New York athlete. But that's fine if he's okay with being here. And if he's not a happy guy, not a nice guy, not a good guy, not a good teammate, then all those things, I mean, you know, again, it's speculation and rumors, but from a fan's perspective, I don't really think even fans care. They want to see See, what they're doing. I don't care. You don't care. I think a lot of fans have kind of unfairly punished DeGrom for a lot of this stuff we've heard about him in the last few years when we don't know if any of it's true. And there, again, there have been reports for so long. DeGrom doesn't like New York, doesn't want to live here. Maybe his wife doesn't want to live in New York. Mm-hmm. We heard all of that stuff before he signed an extension at the very end of spring training 2019. Jacob DeGrom could have pitched one more season and hit the road as a free agent. And we had heard even at the time that he had his eye out the door and he committed to at least another three years here or four years. Sorry. Right, but he, 19, and 20, he, didn't, 20, and he wasn't happy 22. with the contract. And whose fault is that? Well, he signed again, it. Th- that, that's absolutely, listen, he wasn't happy with it. He made a bad deal. But those whispers about Jacob DeGrom wants to be out of New York, those have been around for five-plus right. years, I have and the guy signed here. multiple, multiple people, and I'm not just talking about reporters, multiple people tell me, quote, he hates it here. And now I don't know if that means he hates New York. I don't know if that means within the organization, but just that, He's not happy. And listen, he might if he hates you know living here and he made a decision four years ago where he was kind of on the fence and then after mm-hmm. that he you know hates it much Regretted more. It, yeah. he, right, he got stuck. Whatever. That's listen. If he's making it as a personal decision, when, by that's, the way, that's something completely different. But I also heard from you know these aren't unnamed people who right. we don't know what their relationship actually is. I heard Zach Wheeler say, well, no, I talked to Jacob DeGrom. That's someone who was a teammate, a friend. He spoke to him, and he said this. Zach, yeah. Wheeler, Zach Wheeler doesn't have to say that. He could say, oh, you know what, Jake, when we talk, we don't talk about but that But they stuff. could also be putting the Mets in a bad spot. Oh, he wants to be there, basically saying, yeah, up the ante. They could be using the Mets. Would Mark Hanna do that? No, I guy, think, a guy who's on the Mets and wants to win with the Mets next year, and talked about how much he loves it here he and wants to, wants to play here. He could maybe be putting the pressure on Degrom, yeah, saying he wants to maybe, be here again. Maybe, I just, I, I'm I don't, not taking. I would not take anything any teammate says seriously. Me personally, I, but that's just me. I mean, you I, want to choose I, to I guess that. I, that's where we differ because I'll take what they say publicly, what they're willing to put their name to more than more than unnamed whispers that are out there and have been out there for a long time. Well, it's not and unnamed at least to, whispers, and it's at least to this that, point. No, 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 but they're saying, I heard from this unnamed person. So they're well, still kind of... Saying, I'm saying I've heard from this unnamed person, but the people that I've heard from, and again, it is multiple, are not just whisper-type people. Now, again, I don't know. I haven't heard it myself, but I do. I wouldn't say it if it were Joe Schmo saying it. I mean, I've heard it from multiple people who are in the know. And it's discouraging and disheartening when you're. I guess like, what no, I would no, just no, say what, what works for me or what keeps me thinking this way is the people in the know. And listen, I'm not doubting these people are telling you that. Right. I'm just thinking that maybe again when you're That's when true. you're an athlete, yeah. you have a different relationship with the current player on your team. You're gonna they're right. gonna get different information than anybody else. 
So the stuff that they're being told, while you know it, there may be uh, maybe just a little bit of truth to it, I still remember hearing this stuff producing these overnights four years ago when we heard, or four and a half years ago, whatever it is now, when we heard that Jacob Degrom was already thinking about getting out of here, the mm. money he just wants the big deal, and he took a, an extremely poor value deal on right. his own part and extended himself to stay here with the Mets yeah, at a time now, when the team was garbage. And now maybe money will talk. Now maybe it and will And now not. the owner, like the one guy I do believe is Steve Cohen, who on Old Timers Day said, we're going to do what it takes to keep him. I believe that. Because well, for, for whatever anybody else in the front office thinks, anybody else when it comes down to it, the same way we always talked about with George and the Yankees, at the end of the day, it is that man's team. He owns it. He's a Mets fan. And if he says, I don't want to see Jacob DeGrom pitch in another uniform, give him the money, we'll figure out the rest later. Then it's going to come down to whether or not Jacob DeGrom takes it or wants to go somewhere else. But that that man's opinion, or really those two, Cohen and DeGrom, right. at the end of the day, they're the only two opinions that matter. And the biggest problem is that Cohen and DeGrom have not had the meeting the way that Diaz and, say, Cohen did. So that would also, and I'm not, I don't know if they've never had dinner like that, but I believe that that was... If you go back and listen to that podcast. Right, not in this like little window where you would expect to, okay, now we're seriously well, talking even, about the next contract. Even weeks ago or months ago, the, the podcast on the post that uh, Joel Sherman and John Heyman do, I think it's called the Show Podcast, they had Steve Cohen on, and I listened to it, and it was painful. Not Steve Cohen's fault, but painful from the host perspective. Uh, I got to be honest, I'm sorry. But anyway, I listened to it, and, and they get great guests and great information, and that's the strength there. But they, I, I'm pretty sure they asked him if he had that type of dinner with DeGrom or has DeGrom, been, has DeGrom and his wife been to your house the way that Edwin Diaz and others, and he said, no, not yet. And I'm assuming that that has not happened. And then you look at the lack of communication between the Mets and DeGrom and his people. These are just little seeds, you know, the little crumbs that you start to put together. Either way, look, it's all the speculation. What does it mean? But they could Nothing. be. It could also be, you know what, at, at this point after pitching in the big leagues for eight years, DeGrom said, you know what, I just want to hear what these other teams have to say before I go back to the Mets. I just want to know what sure. all these teams who are going to whine and dine me, they're going to come, they're going to give me this sales pitch. I want to go through that experience before I go back to the Mets. And, you know, then they, he See, hasn't cut off contact with them. He hasn't done anything like that. You get to this point, if you're a free agent, any player in any sport, you deserve to have that opportunity. I ha- And I can't fault him for that. I have three reservations about bringing DeGrom back on a lucrative, semi-long-term deal, whether it's four or five years, whatever it may, may be. One, I do have concerns about the health. Two, I do have concerns about his desire to be here. And three, he's not the same pitcher that he was in 2018, 2019. Now, hard to keep up that level. But... When I last saw him, he was not that guy. So those are three pretty big... Now, again, who knows about the speculation? Does he want to be here? Who knows about the injuries? Maybe he does end up pitching full seasons for at least two of the three years or two of the four years, whatever it may be. But the performance-wise, even though he's still better than the other options out there, I still don't trust that he's going to be at his best. And those are three significant issues that I would have. Now, I'd still offer them, and uh, the Mets are going to offer them a significant deal, but that's why I wouldn't overextend for DeGrom. And you'd hate to see it end poorly. And you, Fleegs, have none of those issues. No, I mean, again, the performance, it, You're it, actually, if anything, more than anything, would worry me more than the other stuff. Like, the injuries, 
I don't think he's going to get hurt again. Not more. He's not more likely to get hurt than anybody else, any other pitcher that you give a deal to. Of course, he can get hurt. Mm. They get hurt all the time. Pitchers are broken. I, I don't. I think the last six years, if you just want to look at the last one, okay, sure. But you could do that for a lot of guys. When you brace it out over his entire career, he's not more likely than anybody else to get hurt. The performance would worry me. A little bit, but honestly, even if he's a guy that pitches to an ERA right around three with those strikeout numbers and th- that chance to be that dominant guy, I'm going to take my chance on the guy who has the ceiling rather than the guys who are out there right. that uh, under the best possible scenario, if you give them a three-year deal, they might be able to give you one year or half of a year where they approach that kind of degrad. Right on their best day, they wouldn't be. Like that, that's the other thing. Out there, there are no other options that even come close to what Jacob Degrom is on what's not his best day. And and by the way, and we'll get back to your calls in a second. Here, we'll take a quick break. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Regardless of what I think or Fleeks thinks or anybody else, the Mets want Degrom back. It's just a, it's not a question of if they want him back or not. It's just a matter of. How much does he want? A, does he want them? B, how much does he want from them? And then C, are they willing to go to that extent? I think they believe they have a substantial, more than fair offer ready to go when he's ready for it. But we don't know what he is thinking. And that's part of the issue. Your official station to talk Jets. The Fan, 1019 FM and always live on the free Odyssey app. Download it today. Get back to your calls, Salakata on the fan, 877-337-6666. Get into more uh, detail with potential targets for both the Mets and the Yankees, whether it's Shohei Otani, who the Angels have come out and said they are not going to trade him before the year starts. But you know what's going to happen. The Angels suck, as usual. And come trade deadline, he's going to be the guy that's going to be available. They're going to be, they don't want to let him walk. Shohei Otani's not going to be there, you wouldn't think. I mean, unless they figure out a way or th- or feel like he's going to sign long-term there, he's going to become available in or at the trade deadline. And then everybody, especially the Mets and the Yankees, should be all in trying to go get him. Which would make you think that you can't expect a big trade from either the Mets or the Yankees with the prospects prior to the start of the season, and maybe that even means Glaber Torres. I'm not sure how many years Glaber has under team control, but anything that's a, a potentially valuable asset that could be going the other way to the Angels for Shohei Otani, they, I mean, they, they've got to be kept. Because if and when he becomes available, you have to go all in to get him. I'm talking specifically Mets and Yankees here. So Glaber's got two years of control, if that includes this year, Fleegs? Yes, 2023 and 2024 is his last arbitration year. So, I mean, I don't know if that's as valuable to a team like the Angels is going to be looking to rebuild, but it might be. Uh, you get one full year. I don't know. We'll see. And it, I would expect the Yankees to try to move Glaber Torres, but if Shohei Otani's available, you know, that's the other thing. We talk about, well, Volpe is going to be the shortstop or Peraz is going to be the shortstop. Well, if Otani's available, maybe they give one of those guys up. Now, remember, too. Otani would be a rental. No more years of control. This is it. Free agent year. This is his last year under contract. So the price shouldn't be that steep. Maybe the Yankees don't have to give up Volpe. Maybe the Mets don't have to give up Alvarez. But I guarantee you there will be a bunch of teams 
that will be willing to overpay. And if you see, you know, what happened or saw what happened last year at the deadline with Luis Castillo, let's say, and the Mariners giving up a top prospect, you wouldn't think that other teams are going to be willing to do the same. And it's not just going to be a Mets and Yankees party. It may be, it may be that way come free agency. But as far as to trade for him, potentially, you know, that's something that a lot of teams are going to be in. And now maybe the Dodgers would not be involved in a trade there, Fleegs? Why are you saying I'm just saying there's no there's no way Moreno's trading him to the Dodgers. Oh, right. Yeah, well, that is true, right. They come and play for free agency, not if there's a trade. Right. Which which, helps the Mets and the Yankees. Right, 100%. The same way the Mets and Yankees get hurt with... Or the Mets specifically with the, Juan the Soto. The way the Mets got hurt by Soto. Yeah. The Yankees didn't get hurt by Soto in that regard. They got hurt because the Nationals didn't like their prospects. 877-337-6666. Mike in Massapequa. What's up, Mike? Sal, how are you? How we are you, Mike? Little, me and you had a little run-in a couple of months ago, so I put that all behind us. But, um, you know, I'm calling I don't, about the- I don't recall, Mike, but I'm sorry about it. Me too. You told me to shut up, and I said, you know, whatever, but whatever. (laughs) It It, it happens. It happens, Mike. What's on your mind today? Uh, Okay, so, you know, I've I've been listening for a couple of hours now, and the one thing that I totally disagree with is the fact that, and this is a fact, right? My son brought this to my attention. 200 Jacob deGrom starts, okay? 100 of those starts, one run or less, okay? And I say to myself, yes, he has missed a bunch of starts, but I kind of think that he was punished in the, you know, the 18, 19, 20 years, you know, when he was pitching seven, eight innings, mm-hmm. you know, throwing upwards of 100 pitches and whatnot. So I didn't think that they really preserved him. I also think that maybe there's a chance that the Grom is looking to leave because I felt when you kind of got to the first round, I felt like Scherzer was injured, right? And I remembered when, <coughs> excuse me. Now, he said he wasn't, though. He Scherzer, to his credit, said he wasn't. But, I mean, obviously the performance would you make you think something's wrong. Right. Well, he's a beast. You know what I mean? Right. So he right. To but, but my point is, is that this year, and his next start came up. I mean, they pitched the ground. And I, I, I just couldn't believe it. I'm a Donnie Hart Yankee fan, but I couldn't believe, you know, that they did that. And moving over to Judge, like I think when you have a guy that's his age, if, if you could sit down with him and say, look, you know, we've had some bad experiences. We're going to give you $45 million, $50 million for five years. You'll be 36 years old at that point. You know, I mean, they have to – you know, be real about it and understand as a player, when you're 37, 38 years old, you know, I mean, look what happened with, you know, what other guys. Right, but why, talking. so what, what would you be your offer to judge? I'm not sure. You're saying $45 million a year for what, five, six years? 45 to $50 million for five years, and I'll tell you why. And this is no disrespect to Lindor. Lindor's a younger player. I get all of that. But you know, there's really not a comparison. And if you're going to have Lindor when he's 36, you know, or whatever it may be, you know, like... Right, but you have to think that, think of it from the player's perspective. So if I'm Aaron Judge and you're saying, well, I'm only going to give you $50 million a year for five years, I'm saying, well, I could get more than that. 
I your your total value if you do fifty million times five years, the total value is two hundred fifty million. Judge is going to get at least three hundred million, so you're fifty million short. Right, I I get that, but what I'm saying, even if it was sixty million for five years, right? But but you're not going to get the short end of the stick in year six and year seven. Where maybe the guy, you know, he's older, he's injury prone. Right, but Mike, you're still paying the same amount. Whether you divide and and you would have the player for less years of control in this case. You want to do 300 divided by seven, you're talking 42 million a year. If you offer Judge 42 million a year for seven years, he's probably going to take that. I mean, or at least close to that. So maybe the extra year is going to get it done the eighth year. But just because you give him more money in a shorter term doesn't mean you're necessarily saving unless it's like three years, you know, like the Mets did with Scherzer a year ago. I get it. But tell me something. Why would, would knowing that Scherzer is, you know, up there in age, if, if you don't get Otani, wouldn't you say that the Grom, you have to offer him whatever you can? I mean, the Mets pitching staff would be brutal if a guy like Scherzer, you know, was on the shelf or whatever it may be. Well, but remember, remember, they dealt with without Scherzer and DeGrom a lot this past year. So, That's and, I, and I, I get what you're saying. See, for me, here's the issue that I have. And I love the Scherzer acquisition. I thought it was a great move at the time. I saw the Mets last year be built with that rotation, and I saw it fall flat on its face in the biggest spots. So now why would I then double down on that and pay DeGrom you know, $40 million a year and now have $90 million, let's say, a year for the next three years at least, or, well, I guess two years with Scherzer and then DeGrom, potentially three, maybe four. Why would I have $90 million tied up in those two guys alone unless Steve Cohen wants to go out there and overextend and get over that final level of the, you know, the Cohen tax threshold, whatever it may be? But you've got to build out a team. It can't just be about DeGrom and Scherzer. No, I get that. But here's what I'm going to tell you. If you paid Scherzer $40 million a year at his age, mm-hmm. The Grom, the Grom is four years younger than him. Right. How much could you expect the Grom? You know, I mean. No, he's going to want. Well, that's kind of where we're getting the framework from. Let's say the Grom wants forty-five. The Mets may be saying, uh, "Okay, well, we'll give you forty-five million a year, which is more than you were making uh, prior to the opt-out, and that gets you to one thirty-five. Let's say that the Mets even go up to, you know, potentially add another year on top of that, forty-five times four. Get you to 180. I mean, maybe Fleegs had the right spot, the 175 spot. I can't imagine DeGrom getting more than that somewhere else. I mean, I'm maxing out for DeGrom. You would have to think that maxing out for him would be 50 million a year for four years or 200, however you get to 200 million. So if the Mets get to 175, is DeGrom going to beat that elsewhere? Um, I don't think that he would beat that elsewhere, but I do think that certain pitches, right, even even a guy like Cole, like people would say, you know, why did he leave the Astros? You know, he, he, he clearly told you he always wanted to be a Yankee. But my my thing is the only way to take that or less or a little bit more is to go to a team that he feels, you know, hey, the Dodgers, the Braves, the Astros, you know, I believe that the Grom might end up with Philly. I truly believe that. I believe that he might end up with the Phillies with Wheeler and Syndergaard and, you know, and all of these guys. And, you know, you had relationships. 
and maybe you stick with those relationships. Yeah, I mean, may, look, I don't know. I can't. Now, I don't think that's going to be the case, and thanks for the call, Mike, but I can't say that definitively. I mean, the word is you're hearing, oh, he would want to. That was the report months ago about DeGrom would go to Atlanta, and then you heard about uh, potentially Texas getting involved. You hear about DeGrom maybe not loving New York, all those things, and then that's where people start to think, okay, maybe he would want to go play somewhere down south or, or whatever it may be where he feels more comfortable. Ultimately, I still do think that money talks, and in most cases it does. Now, maybe not with DeGrom in this spot, but if the Mets offer him $45 million a year for three years, that's probably, now, that might be their initial offer, that's probably not going to get it done, but it's a pretty good offer. I mean, $45 million for three years is a pretty good offer. If they go to the fourth year, you're talking about $170, $180 million total value for the next four years. And, you know, that might be what it takes to get done. Again, I have no idea what he's going to be worth on the open market. Mets know him better than anybody. And he could still, if you give him, I'm sure DeGrom would want five years or six years and make this the final contract. But if he signed a three-year deal, there's still the chance by age 37, he can get another contract like Scherzer did if he's that good and get another three-year deal. He might be able to maximize his earnings if he only signs a three-year deal. Maybe he wants four. I, I honestly have no idea. It is total speculation. But you know he's gonna you know where it's coming from at least per year. It's gotta be over what Max Scherzer got. Christian's calling from Kings Park. What's up, Christian? Hello, good morning. Good morning, Christian. So one point on the Islanders and one point on DeGrom. Mm-hmm. Um Demian Barlarmov has just logged two hundred and forty minutes of no goals consecutively from the Rangers against him, mm. which I think is very impressive. Um, so on that note, I was, I was going to say, he, he was the Islanders' starter up until the 2020-21 season. I think game one against Pittsburgh, like, Farlamov right. got lit up and Sorokin came in. So the Islanders had, like, kind of two starting goalies mm-hmm. for the well, most part. Well, Sorokin's, Sorokin's the guy this year. But, yes, I mean. No doubt. And he took over no last year more so with Sorokin. But, yeah, Varlamov is not uh, not a bad backup at all. Like, your 240 point. minutes with a shutout against the Rangers is, like, what? <laughs> Who played? You're going back to last year, I'm assuming? Because didn't Sorokin play uh, the first game yeah, this year? Yeah, yeah. The last four games when Varlarmov um, played against the Rangers, um, it ended up being something like well, uh, whatever. I mean, you get, we yeah. get the point. Yeah, anyway, right, yeah, right, right. So, like, so I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that, like, I I never considered Varlarmov particularly a backup goalie per se. Sorokin is much better in certain ways, but also mm-hmm. like Varlarmov has like he's had double hip surgery, and in my opinion, since Grice. Um, left the Islanders. Um, Varlamov was the Islanders' starter, so it's just an interesting thing to think about. Like you know, to have a team that has two goalies that are actually kind of starters for the most part, even mm-hmm. though Sorokin's is a little bit better. Right. Um, the other point about Degrom is, and the Mets is um, clutch. And in my opinion, Bassett was more clutch last season 
than DeGrom was. And when it comes to, you know, like the Yankees that, you know, as well, I think well, you said. What do you mean clutch? What, what, what are we defining clutch? Because Bassett um, was anything but clutch. If you're talking okay. about the two biggest starts of the year, he was at his worst. But how about but how about the last series against the Braves? That's when we needed DeGrom and Scherzer the most. And right, but did my, you watch Bassett that Sunday night against the Braves? I know. I just I just kind of felt like Bassett. Their was starts like, got I, their starts were. I mean, Degrom wasn't very good. Their starts got progressively worse. Degrom wasn't great. Scherzer was bad. Bassett was awful. But do you think that Degrom is clutch? Would you like the Yankees that we used? Yes, to Yes, I do. I I do think Degrom can be a clutch performer. Yes, I mean. Now, we haven't really seen him in recent years. We saw him in the postseason against San Diego this year in the wild card game where he wasn't at his best, but he still battled enough and got Machado a couple of times in key spots to show you, you know what, he still got that top dog in him. But you're going back to the postseason in 2015 where DeGrom was uh, you know, a stud. Yeah, and that's what I worry about is that Will, like when he's starting in a clutch situation, can we depend on him? Um, the same way that, like, I mean... DeGrom, yes. Like, yes. Diaz. Yep. Well, I, I, I would, anything. I mean, DeGrom, Christian, is more proven in clutch spots than Edwin Diaz. But recently, though. Well, yeah. I mean, I, if Edwin Diaz, you know, this is his first postseason here. And thank you for the call, Christian. Appreciate you checking in. This is his first postseason. And unfortunately, you know, in the biggest games, this is part of why the Mets got bounced in the first round. It's part of why they lost the division. In the biggest games of the year, Edwin Diaz was essentially a non-factor. I know they used him in game two of the wildcard round, and it you know helped for the moment keep the game at bay, and then the Mets opened things up, and they bring Diaz back out. But Edwin Diaz didn't have a save opportunity in the three games in Atlanta where the Mets got swept or in the wildcard series. So we still kind of... You know, can still have questions about Diaz in the postseason. And I'm not trying to knock Diaz, but you're saying is DeGrom clutch. You want to make an argument against DeGrom? Clutch thing is not one of them. There are many things you could say, and you can't even bring up Chris Bassett in the conversation. Chris Bassett. See, the word you would say is durable or reliable. Who's more reliable? I think Chris Bassett proved to be more reliable this year. He was more durable. He took the mound every fifth day, and he was a huge asset for the Mets the majority of the regular season. Without him, they were screwed because of the injuries to Scherzer and DeGrom. However, in the biggest spot, two of them, Bassett had two two goes at it. He got hammered in Atlanta. He was terrible. And the same thing against the Padres. Unacceptably bad. So bad, in fact, that I want no part of Chris Bassett moving forward. But that's just me. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data Fixed Median Download Speeds USQ3 2023.
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Let them have it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Kind of back on the fan, 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Lots and lots of hot stuff. We mentioned Shohei Otani. I really do think if he becomes available, and it seems likely that he would be at the trade deadline, or the Angels have already said he's not going to be available before the season starts. So they'll start the year with him, hope to win. Obviously, they won't. And then who will become available uh, at the trade deadline, you would expect, you know, Otani being that the fact that he's a free agent, maybe not happy with all the losing there. And if that's the case, Yankees and Mets better make sure they position themselves to make a full run at Shohei Otani. But there's plenty more to do, too. You know, the Yankees need a left fielder. Brian Cashman referenced that yesterday. Mets have plenty of business to attend to, as Billy Epler said yesterday meeting the media at the GM meeting. So there's a lot to look ahead to. You know, the Yanks and Ben Attendee. How about the Yanks and Nimmo, possibly? You know, here's the issue. I The Yankees, outside of potentially spending on Judge, where are they spending? And if they get Judge back, do you have any confidence that they're going to be able to go out there and spend elsewhere? I'm not so sure that they will. Tom is calling from Valley Stream. What's up, Tom? Hey, Sal. How you doing? I haven't talked to you in a while. How are you, Tom? Good to hear from you. I'm doing pretty good. Uh, the the Grom uh, situation, you know, the conversation you had with Fleeks before was really good. I enjoyed it. But the one thing you guys didn't touch on, which I think is a big factor, is if they signed DeGrom to big money, how much more is Cohen willing to spend on other free agents? Because they have to get other players in here. Well, right. We did talk about that. I don't know if Fleegs and I did specifically, but it, overall, I mean, I've talked about that on this show and yesterday and on Baseball Night in New York. That is a, are we dealing with an either or? I mean, I don't know the answer to that definitively yet because the Mets not only need DeGrom back, they obviously need to add to their ball club. So they need to build the rotation out, and what better free agent arm out there to add to your rotation than Jacob DeGrom? So let's say that he does want to come back, Mets sign him back. Okay, great. Now they're back to where they started. Where are they upgrading this lineup? I don't think you could... Now, it might be realistic. We talked to former Met general manager Jim Duquette on Baseball Night in New York yesterday. He said it is a possibility with Steve Cohen's money. Hey, anything is possible, and maybe they can get Trey Turner and Jacob DeGrom. To me, that would be the home run offseason, and then whatever whatever other little moves they need to make. But I don't know how realistic that is. Well, that that's that's part of the equation, too, is what, what was my point, was that if you sign DeGrom to, let's say, shares of money, is it going to prevent you from get from signing Trey Turner? You're going to say, well, now we can't sign him. Then it's not worth it to me because he's a five or six inning pitcher. Right. Well, and a guy who, I mean, hasn't, he pitched 11 games last year, hasn't pitched right. a full season. You know, the 2020 year doesn't count. He hasn't pitched a full season since 2019. Essentially 2020 was the pandemic year and he wasn't hurt. 
can't hold that against him. But, you know, Jacob DeGrom hasn't had 30 starts since 2019, and that's what you need from him. Absolutely, I agree. But, you know, if you're going to if, – if I'm seeing rumors, hearing rumors, seeing, you know, online uh, different sites – that the Mets are, are in on Trey Turner. And if, if signing DeGrom is going to prevent that, I think I'd rather let DeGrom walk and sign Turner. Right. If it's either or, and thank you for the call, Tom, if it's either or, you'd have an impossible time convincing me that the answer would be DeGrom. And I'm somebody who loves pitching. I mean, I keep referencing this point because I famously said it when I was down in the minor leagues at WOR. I wouldn't, at the time, I wouldn't have traded Matt Harvey straight up for Mike Trout. That's how much I believe in starting pitching. But yet, you know, this was a long, this was what, 2015, 2016 at the time? I guess it had to be 2015 because Harvey was still at his peak. Whatever it was, the point was that it wasn't to knock Trout. It was to say that I value nothing more in baseball than top of the rotation starting pitching. Now, with that being said, you also don't need two of those guys. One is just fine. You'd like to have a legitimate ace to be the anchor of the staff. Then you could have a solid number two or number three and then round it out with a four and five. That, like, a legit four and five. Obviously, there's going to be five pitchers in your rotation, but I'm talking, you know, number four starter, eh, whatever. Number five starter is basically, hey, you know, we're going to need to score some runs tonight. A legitimate ace, though, is needed to top the rotation. You don't need two. And to justify paying $90 million for the combination of the two and then potentially not spending elsewhere, where, think of it this way. If the Mets are going to pay DeGrom $40 million a year or $45 million a year, what do you think Trey Turner is going to get per year? He's not going to get – I wouldn't think he's going to get $40 million. Let's say he gets thirty-five per year. Wouldn't you rather have Trey Turner at basically the same cost per year for a guy that's playing 150 games and is in the lineup basically every day versus a guy who might start once every fifth day? I mean, it just doesn't make sense, logically. Rob is calling from Brooklyn. What's up, Rob? Hey, Sal. How you doing, brother? How are you, Rob? I'm all right. Um, excuse my voice. I'm a little under the weather. But um, last time we spoke, we spoke about the Rangers, and I said to you, you were panicking, right? And I said, "Is it time to panic?" You remember that, right? Of course. Said, okay, so uh, is, it, is it time to panic now? Hell yeah, Rob! Where you been? Oh, thank you. I'm just checking. No, I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not panicking yet. I'm still now. I was. I'm not gonna lie. I was thinking of you and and the panicking and all that stuff watching this game. Right. Uh, panicking is too strong for a team this talented. But okay. they they have some issues here. Mainly, Shesterkin has not been uh, that, himself. That, that's what I was going to lead off with. Go ahead, go ahead. Well, that's that's probably the, the biggest, biggest issue. The yeah. biggest thing, right? He saved their bacon a lot last year. He's making those impossible saves that right now he's not able to make for whatever reason. Well, right. And in the game where they have a three-one lead against the Islanders in the third period, mm-hmm. Igor's got to make that stick. And right, Igor- but they have the same they have the same defense from last year, basically. And Igor has been, well, and last year, as you know, you know, 26 shots against, that's nothing. I mean, Igor right. puts that to bed. That's probably right. a shutout. I mean, maybe one goal there. Right. But to right. allow four goals, he just has not been 
as good. So, I mean, I don't know what the problem is with Igor, and I do think there's a little bit of a hangover with the Rangers. I do believe that as well. I I think that that's human element. It's Mm -hmm. natural. You get to the Eastern Conference Finals, and now you have to go through the grind of the regular season again to get back to the postseason and go on from there. So I'm sure that's a part of it. But, hey, they got to figure it out because it has not been pretty so far for this Rangers team to start. It has not been pretty, and my only suggestion will be to reunite what they called the kid line from last year, put them as a third line because they excelled and they had a little chemistry. Well, right now the lines have been all over the place. You know, they've been, other... they've been, they've been mismatching, yeah, and yeah. Well, I was going to say the other thing is Kreider too, and I know Kreider got the goal last night, but even if right. you saw that, he was lucky; it hit the heel of his stick. It was kind right, of right, right, right. It wasn't, it wasn't a pure like yeah. what he did last year. So uh, they, they, they're not playing like they did last year. I'm not exactly panicking. But I'm at the doorstep of panicking, and um, and, I, and just one last thing: I think they should put keep Reeves in the lineup as much as possible because he gives a certain energy. Especially when the, when I saw the lineup, I saw he wasn't playing against the Islanders, and you have Matt Martin. That that Matt Martin is going to run around and do stuff like that. But that's what you have him for. Like he gives a certain energy, and I, I think they're lacking a part of that energy where. Not saying you know it's not like the old hockey back in the eighties and nineties where that way you know you you fought to change momentum, but he still was he still able to hit he still able to bring a certain energy and I think that's a part of what they're lacking as well. So Sal, thank you for the, taking my call, brother. Uh, just one last thing: yeah. who picks your music? Who picks the music on the lead-in? The I, I believe that's just a program either the program actually it's not the program director I believe it's just a, a company thing. Oh well, that's great. Q Tip, Bobber thing. Yeah, uh, yeah, that that gets me dancing. Wait, yeah, wait, waiting for you to pick up my call. So, bro, have a good night. Thanks for taking my call, and we'll talk again. Thank you, Rob. I appreciate you checking in. Appreciate listening and calling. Yeah, I think, Marco, are you familiar with who picks the music? I'm pretty sure we got an email saying, hey, it's not me. It's just whatever the company. I didn't get that email. Oh, That's not okay. a surprise because I kind of get left off on a lot of the emails. So uh, I, I always thought it was just fleeks. I got locked out of my email because I couldn't. I got a new phone this weekend. Oh, uh, yeah, the double security thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I go, the other day I was doing the show from home. I got to bring up the call screen. I couldn't get in. Yeah. I'm like, this is a problem. Yeah. So I just had a punch in the calls all night long. <laughs> I mean, what is going on here? And it's not the only thing, by the way. How many things on my phone that I couldn't get into? Yeah. Hey, you're signing in from a new device. I'm like, yeah, but it's my device. Sal Licata's iPhone. Uh-uh. Get me in. Nope. Exactly. No, nope, I had that problem. A- uh, that's part of the reason why I haven't got a new phone. It was about two years ago. I don't feel like don't going through that again. I'm not doing it again. This is it. And this phone doesn't even work as well. I should have kept my phone for five years. I'm thinking, oh, it's going to be fast. It's going to be great. Same thing. Dropped calls, slow down, restart situation. I mean, already. They've had the phone for three freaking days. But anyway, the music, it used to be the producers would pick the music out. Right, Fleegs? You guys would just randomly, I guess, pick the yeah, music? Yeah, up until, like, you know, sometime late last year, we just had, you know, folders with so many songs, and some would... Some shows like to repeat the same songs over and over. I would try to not play the same song every right. like few months, whatever. Everybody had their different ways of doing it. Tony liked uh, different music, so we played different stuff for Tony Page depending right. on the show. Everybody else just kind of got a selection of whatever we had access to. But they put in songs last year. I think there were like 100 or 200 of them. They've since added to that and I think removed some of the other ones. I don't know if that was supposed to happen. Maybe there's a limit on how many the system can have in at once, but they are what's like determined to be, you know, with our demographic, the songs right. that 
It, so it's basically well, ana- like it's I mean, analytics for the rejoin oh, music. We're going with the data but and analytics. That's the pool. You get to pick which one you play. No, it's like a random card. No, you you could. So there again, out of the hundred songs, there's a page to pull up thirty of them and pick from those thirty. I just have it go random every single time. Yeah, which I feel like sometimes we get a lot of the same stuff. But I like we do, which it's not supposed to happen, but. Right. It's random, and then when it plays, we find out what got on the air. Right. And anyway, I like the, you know, it's 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 my style of music. My, hey, I'm 43. I don't know about you, Marco. What is that? Uh, 44. Well, I'm saying, do you like this type of music? Yeah, Dan? most of it, because I'm older. I think, that's, right. I think that's the demographic that they're looking for, is older people right, like well, us. Well, we used to play, I mean, back in the day when I was uh, behind the scenes, we used to play, you know, old stuff. Like stuff that I never heard of before stuff. Right, because see, then we were young, so we weren't the right, demographic. Exactly. Now we're old. There's so still now a few the classic rock songs right. that could be mixed in. There's some that everybody knows. My generation, your guys' generation, we all know some of those songs. Sure, There's, 100%. Uh, yeah. Again, if you're taking the most popular of that stuff, again, we're we're in New York and New Jersey. If we played a couple of Bruce songs, I don't think anybody's going, yeah, what's this? Yeah, no, I get you. I, I get it. And me personally, like, I, I don't know about you guys. When I'm driving around listening, I do the Apple Music thing on the phone, and I listen to, like, I've been on a 90s kick. It's so yeah. weird thinking of how old that is now, though. Like, 90s, all right, what do you think, 20 years ago? No, it's like 30 years ago. Yeah. What? We were doing this when we were doing the movies the other day. It's yeah, like, oh, yeah, the movie came out. What was that? Oh, man, that was like 35 years ago. Okay. All yeah. right. Wow. Right. I am well, old. Mar- it's different, but Marco wore the same thing to the movie theater in 97 that'll wear to work now. <laughs> you know, if I was the same size as I was in 97, yeah. you're damn S- right I same, would. Same style, which, again, T-shirt, I'm not, that, that's t-shirt. not a knock. Damn right. I was wearing the T-shirt and the flannel and jeans the same and the hat clothes, in 97. Right. The problem is I was, you know, 185 pounds in 97. I went through a phase. I want to say maybe. But Marco still just encaptures that 90s style, that oh, late yeah, 90s got, style. Right. Again, that, not a knock. I, yeah, All the power no, no, no. to you. That's definitely. If you knew me in 94, I'm wearing the same stuff that I was wearing. Just flannel different. and like a band T-shirt. Like I used to have the Nirvana T-shirt with a flannel. And I was like, oh, this isn't me. Let me get back to the jersey. Yeah, I pretty much. I took that in like 93, 94. Never looked Haven't back. changed. Look at That's it. <laughs> Found my found my uh, if it spot, ain't broke. My sweet spot, and that yeah. was it. You're like Summers. He's the only other guy I've seen wear the same costume. No, Summer, Summers wore the same one shirt over and over. <laughs> Marco's wearing the same style. <laughs> Not literally the same exact shirt. Love you, Okay. Steve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. We got to get uh, an No, update. he did have a rotation of like three or four. Black shirts. Did he? Right. Uh, see, it's hard four. to know because they were well, the, yeah, there was a the short sleeve, a long sleeve. Right. Oh, yeah, right. The, the T-shirt <laughs> Depending for the summer, on the weather. Right. <laughs> You're right. How many change of seasons do we have? Right. He had the T-shirt for the summer, the sweater for the winter. There was a Met shirt. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Oh, is this a hole? This has a hole in it? Okay. Should have had Steve on tonight to talk about that wonderful hockey game. I know. got to catch up with him. I miss him. We'll see where he's at. We haven't even got his thoughts on the Mets. Oh, the Rangers, Islanders, Icelanders. No way I could put him on after that. Oh, one. he and I, I would have had fun with him tonight. Geese and ducks and. Uh, oh, yeah, I know you would have. Yeah, we got to get him on at some point soon. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. 
Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.